it's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. Welcome back to another episode of the Grounds Crew, guys. My name is Josh Gerson. I'm joined by my co-host, Bill Rom. What's and going on, guys? We have a great episode for you guys today, um, but we have some big news first. I'm going to let Bill take it away and tell you more about it. Guys, super excited. Uh, last night, yesterday, before this podcast episode was filmed, uh, we actually signed Tristan McKenzie, uh, starting pitcher for the Cleveland Indians, to be our first feature athlete. Uh, really, really exciting time for us, and we wanted to talk a little bit about why Tristan and, and what brought us to that point. So over the last few years, we've been growing as a company and super appreciative to all the professional athletes who've worn our things, from minor league players to MLB guys throughout the country. And when we were looking who represents who we feel like we want to go to in the future, uh, one of the things that we talked about as a group was, you know, what's the future of the game? What's the future of baseball? Where do we think it's heading? Where do we think it's going? And while a guy like Tatis is leading that, there are guys similarly like Tristan who are doing the same thing that people just don't know about yet. Uh, And I feel like Tristan has that opportunity to uh, bring fun and excitement back to the game. Uh, he has an engaged social media presence. He does all the right things. He's out here streaming and gaming and, and, and tweeting about him playing video games with his friends, yep. which is what we all do, right? So it was co- it's cool to see somebody being a person and also being a stud on the field. So super excited for Tristan McKenzie to join us. So if you guys are, are listening to us now, follow Tristan. Go check him out. See who he is uh, if you didn't know. And if you're coming here and you knew Tristan, you didn't know us, Welcome to the Ground Screw Podcast. Dope. Yeah, super hyped about it. First thing on the agenda. Yes, since we're talking about pitchers, uh, the MLB just came out with their uh, top 10 pitchers of 2021. um, and Top 10 rotations, I should say, of 2021. Um, And we had some... Issues with their list. It, it doesn't seem right. Yeah, it seems pretty flawed. I'm not really sure what their criteria was, um, but we think they kind of were finagling a little bit. And, and any uh, team who had a pitcher and had a really good off season. Yeah, like if you had a good off season, you got put on there just so that like they could keep the conversation going. Yep. And it, like you look at the top, the top f- three, four. Mm-hmm. You're looking at everybody who did something substantial in the off season. Yep. Right. Padres are listed currently number one. Dodgers number two. Mets number three. After that, you got the Yankees who signed some big names, but I don't know what that means. We'll discuss that in a little marks. while. Yeah. But like, I feel like the Padres only got there because they had a big offseason. Mm-hmm. What What do you think? I mean, they definitely got good arms, right? They got Snell. They got Darvish. They already had Paddock. They got Musgrove. But Snell is like the second class of, I'm a stud. Yes. So uh, like he, I, I don't, I don't look at Blake Snell and think he's a top ten pitcher in the game. I, I agree with you there. Um, I think it kind of, they, they put together a great staff. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But I don't think that I don't look at that staff and be like they're going to go out there every week and just dominate everybody. It's not even going to be a question. Like they're going li- to limit everybody to four or less runs. Like I, I don't see that honestly. I, I see. Uh, I see opportunity for some spotty pitching. I see a lot of guys who can theoretically get barreled a, a good amount sometimes. Um, like you, Darvish is there too, right? Yeah. And like he had his best year last year, which is fine. But I don't look at him as that's Jacob Degrom, that's Clayton Kershaw. Yes, 
It's 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 not they're not quite there. They have a lot of number twos, like you said. So that speaks to it, like the Dodgers. How how do you not put the Dodgers number one? It's a great question. Give me give me the Dodgers top three. Top three right now is Kershaw, Bueller, Bauer. Who, In no particular order. Who on the Padres would be better than any of those three? I, I honestly I can't say anybody really because. Clayton Kershaw's still a beast, you know, and like still, you, still an absolute like, monster. He's, Walker, he's Walker getting Bueller. better. Walker Bueller is a is a, a known young quantity that's that's great. Yep. You just signed Bauer. Even if we on this show have agreed that Bauer's going to take a step back, I think Bauer and you Darvish are the same kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that your third guy is maybe their second guy. So like if your third guy is as good as their second guy. And your first and second guy are better than their first guy. How in the world do you got the Padres at number one? It's like you said they they made moves. And are they Tatis drunk? Yes, they're, I think they're so. Tatis drunk. Like you right? said, it's just they're making a lot of moves. They're making a, making a lot of noise, which is great. But I think, and if they're looking at it as hey, like you have all the pieces, you have everybody that's going to be in your staff this season, and then you look at some other teams like the Mets, for example, when they have all their pieces. I think they are an easy contender for a way one. a way better staff. Yeah, like if if we're gonna look at and we're gonna say, hey, what have you done for me lately? And that's what we were utilizing for this entire list, mm-hmm. right? And and you're looking at the Padres and you're like, okay, so all of the Padres guys played last year, so we're using that as the as the litmus test for what it is. Right. You're still not better than the Dodgers, still not. Yeah. Then going beyond that, Carrasco was a better pitcher or was it the equal of a guy like Snell last year? Mm-hmm. So if we're talking that this guy is already the equal of somebody, now the only thing that we've talked about is, is Snell's numbers dictated by the fact that, like his ERA last year, he was playing in the in the ALE still, right? Mm-hmm. So his 3-1 or low 3 ERA was in a much more difficult environment than what Carrasco faced. Right. Carrasco got the same bump that Bauer got. Right? But right. Carrasco's been a low three ERA guy outside of one year when he was battling cancer. Right. Like outside Fair of enough. that very small thing yeah. that he had to, you know, compete with. So I this list lost credibility on, on step one. Mm-hmm. Like y'all I could I could fast forward on this list after step one. Yeah. Um, another big question mark for me was the Yankees at four. Which, I, so yeah, if if we if we went back in time, like three years, the Yankees rotation would would be number four. Mm-hmm. But like you're, you, that's where I go and I say like, how do you justify your list when you're now putting the Yankees there when Severino's on a sixty day DL hasn't really been a dude in a forever amount of time? Mm-hmm. Your starting top guy is a really good pitcher. Right, I, I definitely in the top ten, but he's got concerns in terms of is he is he going to put up a dominant season like he had when he he wasn't a Yankee. Well, I think when when he did the, his last season was definitely kind of what you expected in that him going to Yankee Stadium posting like a three ish ERA. That's kind of what you were still looking for, but he also had that dominant aspect. He went and he went into the playoffs and and showed up, which was exactly what they were looking for. Um, and then they had their sign uh, their signing with Jameson Tyon and Kluber. And those are two guys, both didn't play last year, both 
have a high ceiling. Kluber getting older, um, but I think when they made this list, they were like, hey, you're going to get at least a really good Kluber. And hey, you're going to get this Jamison Tyon that has a lot of potential to be a stud. Well, so then at that point in time, again, looking at it as a combination of how are we ranking teams and what are we doing, Mm -hmm. then you have to use that same thing when you look at a team like the Mets. Yep. Right? So now we're talking about a Carrasco that had a 2-9 ERA last year. You're looking at the best pitcher in baseball, Jacob DeGrom, is in the staff. Mm-hmm. You're, you're looking at the fact that you have to project out Marcus Stroman is going to be somewhere around career average. Mm-hmm. And if he's somewhere around career average, he's better than Jamison. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, and, and he's better than a recent Kluber. And then if you're looking at Noah Syndergaard, when he's not obviously about to snap his elbow off, yep. you're, you're looking at a guy who's a high 2, low 3 ERA pitcher mm-hmm. who would be better than everybody except maybe Garrett Cole on, that, on the Yankees roster. The, the Mets clearly, to me, are number two pitching staff in baseball. The Dodgers are clearly, to me, number one. Uh, number three, I can see the Padres mm-hmm. being that team. And then I feel like it's a, a lot of... Yeah, we're all good, but there's nobody. Who, we're gonna have to wait to see how it plays out. Right? Like, did anybody else on that list impress you? I would say the who I would have it for personally would be the Nationals. I love their staff. Yeah, Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin at that top three. It's it's different. You, those are some good arms right there. Yeah, like they come out all the time. And yeah, I would put the Nationals ahead of the Yankees for sure. Yeah, uh, I I think that that also comes back to the Nationals are getting into the the same kind of thing. Their staff is getting a little older, right? Yes. Their staff is moving up in years. How much longer are they going to be able to do it? You know, I feel like 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 Scherzer can't have like that much more dominance left in his body, right? Yeah, I don't know what's left on his contract as well, but he's definitely getting up there. Last you know? year was his worst year of his career uh, since 2012. But the reality also is is that in 2012 he was. 27 so we're now nine seasons away from that and he's gonna start showing wear and tear at age 36 with the amount of innings he's put up the amount of 200 plus strikeout seasons he's had how much max effort he's put into his body Scherzer's got to be dropping down but again I'd say Scherzer's better than uh, anybody that the Yankees have not named Garrett Cole Mm -hmm. so cool we have that then what's the next piece? Who do you think is the next best pitcher between those two teams? Strasburg. So then immediately, pitching is so high-end oriented. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't, like, if we're comparing fifth starters, unless your top four were absolutely gross and disgusting, three to four guys is what your pitching staff is. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. everything else is a guy who just needs to eat innings and get you to your bullpen. Exactly, and that's why so many teams have started to put money into the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Is like I don't, I don't need that guy. Um, is, is there any other pitching staff that you think could surprise on that list? Is there somebody that you look at and you go, "Hey, underrated"? Maybe the Braves. Actually, yeah, the Braves. Okay, I think they had the White Sox too high. Um, they got. They got the White Sox coming in at number six in, in the yeah, league. Yeah, I think that's too high. I, I I think the majority of that staff is carried by Lucas Giolito, and then everybody else is kind of like pretty good, not like going to blow me away at six. Um, but I think the Braves have some some real potential. Do you think the Braves, again, talking about it, do you think they have the high-end, top-end guy? Do they have the time? Because like, that's to me why, why the, the Braves the last couple of years, I feel like have been a regular season 
team. Mm-hmm. They're built to win 90-plus games because they're really solid at every position player on the field, and they have a really deep starting rotation. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like they have any wow factor guy yeah, in their rotation. It's kind of similar to the Padres situation, maybe not quite as good. Um, they do have Morton, who they just got, which is he's good, getting yeah. a little older. Uh, Max Freed, Ian Anderson, and they have Soroka, but he was, got hurt last year, blew out his Achilles. I think he'll be back sometime yeah. midseason, and he's a good arm. Um, but yeah, I think it's kind of the the Padres situation, not quite into that top five. Yeah, and I, I think that that having them lower on the list goes and shows that not having a top-end guy is a piece. And then I guess it just comes down to who do you think top-end guys are? Mm-hmm. You know, And I just look at the, the, the lineup there, and I feel like when you're talking about the top three teams, who's the number one? The Mets have the best pitcher in baseball. And that immediately has you know one out of every five games. Mm-hmm. You're talking about this team has the, ha, walks in with the, with the highest chance of winning. Yeah. So I, I, th- that was interesting to me. Uh, the other thing is that I found interesting was uh, looking how that stacks up. Those are three National League East teams in the top ten pitching staffs, which further buoys the point that we talked about. That NL East is going to be a bloodbath again. Yes, everyone is nasty. It's just going to continue. Like the Marlins aren't even on this list, and they surprised last year. Uh, yeah, I'm not even team. discounting the Marlins. I think they're a decent team. They're actually getting better, which I'm kind of excited about because like. You know, everyone's kind of just glossed over them for a while, and I think they, they have some talent there. It's going to be fun to watch them. Um, it, the Annalise is just disgusting. There's no, yeah, and, and, I, and, I, and I'm interested to see. We've talked about it in the past, like trades. What are things that are going to happen from that? Mm-hmm. Who's going to move something? What team is going to decide that they're, they're down and out and they don't have the ability to stack up any longer? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they're going, to move, they're going to move from there. So... Do me a favor, pull up, because I, I, I want to talk about somebody, and I want you to pull them up for me. Pull up the Angels staff. Gotcha. And the reason why I want to pull up the Angels staff is in a, in a recent podcast episode, mm-hmm. you and I were talking about Shohei Otani. Yeah. And I, I, I led the charge on the Otani thing, and I want to jump further on the bandwagon. I think that Shohei Otani is going to end up being that MVP. <laughs> Listen, so far, just based on his little spring training uh, debut, <clears throat> the talent's there. He so looks in I, mid-season form. The, the thing that made me more aggressive and more bullish mm-hmm. was I was watching something with CC Sabathia, and he was talking on a podcast, and he said that Shohei Otani is the best baseball player he's ever seen. So CC Sabathia, and, and they were like, he's like, the guy hits 900 foot home runs and he throws 100 miles an hour Mm -hmm. who else can do that that's exactly the point that i was making in that situation and now since we did that episode otani has come out and he hit a dead setter home run over a giant batter's eye Mm -hmm. about 500 feet and then he also has recently topped out over 100 miles an hour uh Starting, yep. he had five strikeouts, I think. In, five strikeouts in two innings. In two innings pitched, and his uh, splitter looked ridiculous. Oh my god, that's it's the best! It's the best. It might be the best pitch in baseball. His his mechanics on his on his, his ability to throw right now are so stupid locked in, and he's so compact and small with everything. Mm-hmm. Like there's not a lot of wasted. He's, so he's very yeah. here into a slot. Yep, and here it comes, it. and he throws his splitter with every intention. 
that it is his 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Yep. And if he has that, he looks like Roger Clemens. He he looks like Roger Clemens. And I, I would suspect because of how Japanese baseball is always, like, idolizes a decade or, or a generation earlier's players mm-hmm. the way that they do, I have to think that somebody was looking at Roger Clemens when they sh- showed him how to throw. Mm. And you have this big, strong dude who is absolutely going to dice people up and I'm staying with the fact that he's going to hit 30-plus home runs this year. Yep. I, the Angels, to me, if, if if we can look at their pitching staff, like that, that to me, I think he's MVP. And I think he's the best player on the Angels. Think uh, about what I just said. Okay, so hold on. So that means he's better be- than Mike Trout. Before, I'm saying this out loud. Dennis we, is behind the camera. Like yep. He just said that. Before we dabble into their pitching staff, I thought about our conversation more from last week after Otani mm-hmm. showed up and went mm-hmm. off. Um, and I totally agree with you. Okay. Um, I like that I'm changing your mind. Yes, absolutely. I, w- I was unsure because it was a very theoretical thing, but yes, he's got a lot of talent. And I think it's there. Um, now, to your next point, is he the best player on the Angels if he does that stuff? Yes. Yes, specifically because he will also be the ace of their staff. Which is exactly my point. Their, their staff is super average. I'm not going to lie. So, who do they got outside of Otani? Dylan Bundy, who throws batting practice. Like, wow, yeah. Dylan Bundy. Hope, hope you're he's not a him? fan. Hope he's not a fan of the show. Sorry, throws Dylan. batting practice. Dylan, I'm sorry, man. Our you, bad, Dylan. Watch your film against the Yankees last year. Wow. Um, wow. Jose Quintana, Andrew Heaney, Griffin Canning, Alex Cobb. I have never like honestly. I mean, I know I'm 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 I don't know every player in the league. Mm-hmm. I know nobody on that list. Alex Cobb is a similar to Dylan Bundy kind of guy. Uh, Jose Quintana is not bad, um, and then. Andrew Heaney, Griffin Canning, they're they're okay guys. Uh, I watched them a little bit, but Shohei Otani, and then there's there's kind of a fall off, which is usually the the Angels' mo. Their pitching staff usually lacks depth, which is why they can't get to that next level and make it to the postseason. And they have to rely on Trout to get them there, who has not done that. Um, so I'm very interested to see what Shohei Otani does. I, I, again, like we we know they have Rendon, mm-hmm. we we know they have Trout. It's going to be that Otani was the missing piece to some degree because you haven't gotten to see that lineup with those three together full-time healthy. Yeah. So if you're going to get a full-time healthy version of that, you've got a murderer's row in your lineup mm-hmm. of guys who can just absolutely torch it. Who's your – like are you going to – I think they're going to end up having Rendon possibly hit second, mm-hmm. then having Trout hit third, and then having Otani – hit fourth and I could see that world because I, I think the high batting average with Rendon when he's on he's locked in yeah. his power is great but the league is shifted to having a guy like that hit second so yes, he gets I more bats that. I think that's great so he gets more bats and, and you have his his bat in the lineup more in the game you don't worry so much about the base pads I don't feel like with how much raw ability Trout has you're going to move him to second mm-hmm. you're going to you're going to have him be behind yeah. Rendon and that'll also provide Rendon protection. Mm-hmm. And then Otani's going to be there in a situation where he's got ducks on the pond. And a guy can't walk him. Right? Because if those two guys are on, you're gonna, he is going to get like 40 yayas. And they're going. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, the way he looks right now, I'm so bullish on Otani. Like, I'm, I'm jumping out in front. Yeah. Otani to me, MVP this year. Yeah, it's, it's honestly pretty stupid watching it, it's him. It's coming. It's, it's ridiculous. It's coming. He's like you watch more and more of the games and you recognize more and more what we're about to witness. The dude came in from Japan 
and in his first season had a 900 plus OPS, and his ERA was stellar. Mm-hmm. And now you're saying that we have a more developed version of him, age 26, entering into the prime years of baseball, in a lineup that is better than he's ever hit in. Otani's got like this. I'm getting Otani drunk now because mm-hmm. I just I look at that and I go, this is going to be fun. Yeah. I hope he puts up something stupid. Now, how does Mike Trout handle that? I mean, I don't think... We know how he handles it. He's just quiet. He doesn't say he's anything. He's just quiet. Yeah, he doesn't do anything. He's still going to go out and be a stud. I hope that elevates his game more so to the point where maybe now they're like talking about playoffs and things like that. Uh, man, I would I, love, I'd love to, to see, see it. Yeah. I love, and it's gonna, they're going to be carried by their offense and Otani. Yep. But again, if Otani is taking what is supposed to be a meh staff, and he comes out and is a is an ace level guy, right? And he's out there absolutely hammering baseballs over the wall. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my 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 ish on this show. Yeah, I'm gonna tell everybody that I am the 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 oracle of baseball lifestyle, and I know all <laughs> that is happening, everything. Everything that was happening. I can't believe their pitching staff is that bad. No, it's, it's always been average. They've never had But it. that's not even just average. Like, they, even even getting Quintana, like, the dude's uh, a four ERA guy. Like, that was your big move was to go out and get him. And, like, I, I get it. I don't know which teams have money mm-hmm. and who can do what and who can go where. And, like, did, did, did they, they have the money to invest into something like that? Mm-hmm. Probably not. So, like, but develop a guy. Yeah. Well, I, that, that was honestly one of the big headlines over this offseason was that the Angels did nothing. They didn't really move anybody that was like, hey, this is going to change our lineup. And I think that that's the, like guys are being quiet, like owners are being quiet, because I think some of it's their ego. Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't want to talk about the fact that maybe I don't have the money. Right? Yeah, right. I, I, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, for right? sure. The Cubs were out here like, hey, we might be interested in trading some people. The Indians just flat out were like, here's everyone. Yep. Goodbye. Right, Bauer signing is getting them first round pick, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to get a first round pick for Bauer moving on, right? They trade away Lindor, right? They they have all like Carrasco gone. They dumped and they got off of their book something the ballpark like sixty million dollars. Yep. They straight up were like, "Bye, we're going to completely reset our whole team, start back at the beginning." Mm-hmm. Genius. Yeah, no, great idea. And I, they got some good pieces in the in the Mets trade. And then you have the in, yes, and we talked about Which that. I think that they're going to surprise as a team yes. in general. Again, shout out Tristan McKenzie. Mm-hmm. I think that they're going to have more than people expect, and I think that they will be competitive in an overall week of division. Yes. Um, but my angels, man, you you guys got to help Otani. Mm-hmm. Save Otani. Whatever you can do. Whatever you can do, please save Shohei Otani. Yeah. Next thing we have. Um, this happened yesterday, and I, I got a notification about it earlier in the day, and I was like, oh, no, this is a bad omen. The Mets apparently were practicing their World Series celebration in practice. Okay. So, okay. But like I, I didn't read up on it until later and I got the full story and full I actually story is love important. it. Yes, full story is very important. So what they were doing, like obviously uh, anyone who played baseball when they were younger, you played twenty seven outs at some point in practice. Yep. Okay. Um, and they were they got through twenty six, they were doing great. Um, and one of the coaches went out there and was like, Hey guys, like practice your World Series celebration. Let's get hyped up. And, and I love that. I love that energy there. Um, and they, they got it. They finished it. And they celebrated. They, they stormed the field, whatever. Had a blast with it. And after watching it, after reading about it more, I love that. Yeah. I think that's fantastic for the culture. I saw the way they were celebrating with their team. And I'm like, I love what the Mets are doing right now. I think the Mets culture kind of started with their, their ownership. was always kind of eh. 
But I think with new ownership, with the guys we brought in, I love the energy, I love the culture there, and I'm very excited to see what they're going to do. Anybody shitting on the Mets for this is just trying to be the no-fun league again for yep. the MLB. 100%. Like, it, oh, know your place, don't get out of line. This goes back to the NFL season, the Buffalo Bills before the playoff game against the Colts are dancing, mm-hmm. and Josh Allen, whole team looks super loose, everybody looks super relaxed, and they're like, oh, they're going to get destroyed, they're mm-hmm. too loose. And it's like, okay, well, they went to the AFC Championship game. So y'all were wrong, yep. right? That's not a thing. Mm-hmm. The the Mets are, are, in your mind and my mind, and I would hope our listeners' mind, the, the, the Mets are one of the top five teams in baseball. And they absolutely have every reason to think that with the right amount of health, luck, performance, growth of people, they have a shot of being in the World Series or at least being in the NLCS. Yeah. If that's the case, you have to start mentally embracing those moments. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a it's a it's going to be 150 plus games that you guys are going to play this regular season to get to the games that matter. If you're thinking this entire time that like, oh man, the slog of the season. Mm-hmm. Guys, we have to have fun during this. Yeah. Everybody on the team's got to have a good time. You got to find ways to stay loose to 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 practice mentally being engaged on things that matter. And the fact that they're playing a game that kids play as their job, mm-hmm. and they're doing a drill that every kid does to get better at that game, mm-hmm. and they're having that much fun, bro, that's what baseball's supposed to be. Exactly. But exactly. Like, anybody making fun of it, anybody saying anything is a loser. You're a loser. Right? Yeah. Like, they, were, they, were the, they were the Twitter trolls, for sure. Uh, Always, because it's a mess. Because yeah. it's I, like the Knicks. Yeah. Anyway, everybody hates New York. Yep. Everybody hates New York because, like, the, the Yankees were great, and the Giants have won a couple of things. Yeah. Everybody thinks about the New York arrogance and everything else. And it's true, because we're, we're great, and we're yeah. better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. But, like, <laughs> then it's like our sports teams. There's so much pressure here right. that guys can't handle it. So people don't understand how much harder it is to win here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, we're all playing the same game. We all have the same thing. Look at every guy who ever comes to the Mets. And they're like, oh, yeah, I was, I was playing. Perfect example. Trevor May has discussed this on other shows and, and in, in, in other conversations. And he talked about, you know, when I was with the Twins, he does his streaming. He does everything else. There, there's five people who show up to interview and talk about some stuff. And there's no PR opportunities, everything else. Comes, comes to the Mets. He's already getting on TV shows and being hosted on this, running around, getting all this exposure. And it just changed locations. Yep. Like, the Twins were good. Right? They, had a, they had a solid team. Moving to the Met, completely different deal. Mm-hmm. And now that scrutiny is great, but the pressure as it starts to matter mm-hmm. is so much more magnified here than everywhere else. Yeah. So, like, you just get over it. Mm-hmm. Get over it. And I think, too, with um, with having that culture of, like, hey, like let's have fun, let's enjoy playing the game, as you get into those moments that matter and you still have that base foundation of – hey, like we love being on this team and playing for our city and stuff like that, I think it kind of helps take their mind off the pressure and just about doing what's necessary to win. Um, and I think especially in New York where you have the Yankees on the opposite end, which are all very serious. We have the culture of winning all this stuff. And the Mets being able to go be like that different aspect, that fun team, I think that's, they should just thrive on that and go out and, and make a statement. Yeah, and I was, I was listening to uh, uh, Chris Rose, friend of the brand's, 
uh, host of the Chris Rose rotation. Uh, Chris was on WFAN mm-hmm. uh, yesterday or two days ago, and I was listening to him talk, and he was saying, you know, when he he's worked with MLB for a long time, and if it's not New York, Chicago, L.A., nothing else matters to MLB in terms of national exposure. Mm-hmm. Everything's regionalized. You have your regional sports networks. You have all that stuff. That's where the money gets made. All the teams own their own stuff. So it creates these bubbles where it's hard to expose it. So you only get this national recognition. So I think also like a team like the Padres who aren't going to get national exposure on a regular basis because of the way baseball's set up, mm-hmm. those fans get salty of Mets fans because they're like, well, our team's just as good. But we're not getting nearly the same. And you're right, mm-hmm. it's because you live in a market that sucks because MLB sucks at exposing people to the game. And I I hope this year it starts to change. We've seen it a little bit. Mm-hmm. MLB's letting guys do takeovers of the Instagram and, and do more fun stuff. I hope they lean into that. Yeah. Um, but the people talking about the, the fun of the game, like, just move over, man. You obviously don't love baseball. You love the baseball that you want it to be. Right? You don't want anybody else to make it theirs. Mm-hmm. You want it to always be yours. And that's what baseball still has. Yep. Just let everybody else enjoy it the way they want to. Exactly. Couldn't agree more. I love that. Well, guys, that's it for this show. I got a question for you. Leave us a comment who you think should be in the top three of the pitching rotations in baseball. And make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks, Appreciate guys. you guys. Baseball lifestyle. That's my lifestyle. <laughs>